Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker. And me, Lucy Chamberlain. The crescendo of spring is over and now the long, hazy summer days are here. Colour is the name of the game, whether in our blossoming borders, cute containers or walls of riotous roses. The climax of the gardening year has begun. The hum of mowers, smell of suntan lotion and sight of hoeing is all but too common on Saul and my estate gardens. Keeping everything looking lovely whilst balancing the time we have to spend on the plethora of jobs is one of the fine arts of any head gardener's role. But remember to take some time out to enjoy your efforts. Every week, Lucy and I will endeavour to bring you into our world throughout the summer, whether at Stonelands or East Donland Hall, in our own modest gardens packed full of fruit and veg and the odd exotic jungle, or on the road as we travel the country, enjoying the best this industry has to offer. So, settle back for another episode of Hijinks and Horticultural Waffle, as we take you inside the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Hello, Mr. Walker. It is lovely to see you. And um, I have just got one thing to say. What's that? And I'm not going to sing it because, like, Ronan Keaton did such a good job. Life is a roller coaster. You just got to ride it. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> it has been up and down, left, right. And yep. it's done one of those loopy the loop 180 inversions that yeah. you did at Alton Towers back I think in the day. it has. It has. So there you go. <laughs> that, that little point of intrigue, we will leave that there for the moment and mm. um, talk about the weather. Because that's what we do. Well, that's the first. Uh, it, you know, down. I don't know what. Yeah, it is a down, isn't it? Because um, well, the plants yeah. like you know, like a water. Well, that's true. Let's so there's an up. Let, silver linings, Lucy. Love it. The plants <laughs> are loving a little bit of H two O. Autumn is sort of starting to kick in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a bit murky, mistly today. It did feel very autumnal, um, but we have had a lot of rain. <laughs> How, how's your wheelbarrow mildly. looking? How many millers your oh, wheelbarrow got? Oh, my Lord. So I'll let you know in a second. Now, this is the second time Dawlish has been on the national news. I saw it. First time it was the water coming from the seaward direction, wiping out the railway line. This time the water was coming in the other direction, down the Dawlish water. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Dawlish water is the river that runs through our garden. So we got 70 mil in two hours. What? There you go. What? In two hours? Yeah, and 70 mils God, is about three-week average when it is wet. Yeah. Well, in Essex, that would be more than a month. That would be more than... We get, so we really? get about 50 mil a month. So 70 mil in two hours. Two hours, yeah. Whoa, so it absolutely chucked it down. We had thunderstorms. Yeah. Anyway, the, uh, the, the, the crux of it is the river, uh, the Dawlish water burst its banks and we've had some of the heaviest flooding I think in two decades. Mm. I think that's what they were saying on the news. A, a lot worse in town because yes, they've that's taken what their river. Yeah, they've mm. taken their river and they've concreted it and made it into a straight channel. So Ooh. you can imagine the water has nowhere to go. Stonelands, we got significant flooding. We are used to it a little bit down our way. We do get mm. flooding every year in some form, and because it's a bit more naturalistic, the water sort of. Uh, gets contained let's say by the landscaping that we have hmm. having said that a lot of damage to banks a lot of sediment deposited that's one of the worst things is the the initial burst of the flooding takes the bank away and then as it subsides it then dumps all that sediment on the other side of the river or where you don't want it so nice. we've got a lot of digging to do to move sediment from one side to then shore up the bank on the other side but yeah can i ask was, you a question um, 
Yeah, if, go for it. Because I know I've visited Stonelands and I obviously know yeah. there's that lovely little walkthrough that sort of takes in the mm-hmm. river and you can wade ankle deep and That's take it. your chances. Now, if I took my chances at this present yeah. moment in time and waded from one side to t'other, would I make it? No. No. Not, How high would the water be? Well, when it when it was up to full height, I'd say it went up about two and a half metres. So it would have God. gone over your head. God, really? Um, my yeah, goodness, that, that's it was incredible. That bad. Yeah. But again, very quick. Um, the Dawlish Water is quite a short river basin. A lot of Devon's rivers are because we're quite hilly. The mm. water thunders down, goes up very quickly. It's not like a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, a river that's like the Wye or something, a very meandering river where it's sort of the water goes up quite a lot, but still very slowly. Yeah. This is quite quick. And then within the hour, everything's flushed out to sea. And it goes down again. So it's 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 what I call a sort of violent flooding, a mm. flash flooding. And in mm. essence, it's a sort of flash flooding. But um, yeah, so I've been assessing the situation. Luckily, I think most of it's superficial. Yeah, it looks worse than it is. Mm. And I think most of it we can probably leave to the winter because I am busy with other stuff, as we will talk about uh, for the rest of the episode. But there you go. A little bit of fun weather news. And to wow. think about it, a week ago... It was 30, what, 2, 33 degrees. I was sweating like yeah. a proverbial anything. And uh, <laughs> then we go to this. So, again, the weather is causing all kinds of interesting uh, dichotomies. <laughs> yeah, Were you actually at Stonehenge when the rain was falling? Could you see the levels no. coming up or were you away? I, it was a, No, it was a Sunday. Was it so I oh, wasn't okay, there. Sunday. But mm. I did chat to a couple of the neighbours and obviously saw the damage afterwards and then saw all the pictures that you guys saw on the news. Yeah. Of, very um, orange water with all that sediment really orange you know is that iron rich soil or what is that going on uh, well uh, if you've been to east devon if you know the sort of extra area we've got what we call a red clay the mm. devon red clay it's called it's mm. very distinctive in this part of the world and yeah it gives it that it, you know it looked like willy wonka's chocolate factory it looked like the, <laughs> you know, it did. You know, the, You're the right, chocolate actually. river going yeah. down and again because it's so quick it does take it strips a lot of soil as it goes so yeah. that's why you get that color but mm. probably by if we don't get we, we have got a lot of rain forecast for tomorrow but probably by the weekend all of that will have flushed through and we'll go back to our normal sedate pretty romantic river that we a always trickle. think's beautiful the a trickle burble. a yeah. burble a trickle the, a, yeah. a little it, yeah eddie here and a, a as a i've always said there. i i love having the river in the garden it's very romantic to have a river but it does have its uh let's say it's um it's schizophrenic side <laughs> where it will it will become a bit more of a a, a bit more of a, a an evil entity yeah makes its presence known it gets, it's exactly. just attention seeking that's what it is you need to give it more love it's, so that's what's going on there it's all your fault <laughs> more you love need to, you need to plant up the banks a bit more and um and then did see watch I, I, it wash I did away. see a king i did see a kingfisher today though as i was oh, uh, surveying the banks so that nice. was nice. nice and we think we saw tracks of an otter in the sediment, so ah, the otter's still around, which is nice that's to great. hear. And was it a fleeting glimpse of a blur of uh, blue yeah, and orange, was or was it was whoosh. it you couldn't you didn't see no, it? I as didn't see it sitting. Like... No, no. Oh, this archingfisher so. never sits still; <laughs> keeps going, <laughs> <laughs> just passing through. So, ah, well, you know that's that is a utter treat. And the the barn owls are still at the hall. For those of you, um, I think I did mention it on the podcast. I think I did. Um, I definitely put something up on instagram about the barn owls and now occasionally i see one there's definitely two there now which is lovely so i'm thinking oh are they going to nest that would be really mm. nice they're obviously sussing the barn out um nice and it's lovely whenever i go and deposit anything on the compost heap i 
uh, which is getting increasingly large now <laughs> in our state of affairs at the hall. Um, I teeter over the top and, and, and sort of like peep through the foliage and see if I can see them. And it's just a real, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like the Kingfish show. Those sorts of things are a real privilege for anyone working on a, a big estate, which is, you know, mm. lucky enough to have that kind of wildlife to it. Mostly rural estates, I guess. But um, yeah, as I say, we do have a Kingfish at the hall. I haven't seen it for quite a few years now. But I have I have seen it, and I remember running round to the um, to Peter when he was still alive, and sort of getting so knocking on the door and getting so excited, and he was a bit indifferent to it. I think he'd seen it quite a lot. You know, he'd lived there forty, fifty years. He's probably like, oh yeah, but I for me, mm-hmm. very very exciting to glimpse the kingfisher at the hall. Not met, there's not I haven't really met many gardeners who aren't really into the wildlife as well mm. because we are very you are right we're very lucky. In the situations we're in, whether big estates or gardens or anything, we're creating those habitats that bring mm. in the wildlife and therefore, you know, we can enjoy it. You know, we're, we're having a really nice butterfly year this year. I tell you what, the red admirals oh. are yes. packing it. I've, I must yeah. have seen 20 today on the wing as we were doing the mowing. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah at, at just, home I've had those a lot. They're, they're very, mm. they're territorial as well, aren't they? And actually, I find that fascinating. I'm oh, sure it's the red admirals. Well, right. they do. They are, are all summer. I've had three or four in certain parts of the garden, and you sort of walk around and, and disturb them. And within a few minutes, they're back exactly where they were before, wings out, outspread, almost yeah. looking like they are, you know, displaying themselves. If just to say, well, this is me. Don't you know, trespass if you dare, kind of thing. So. I'm yeah. sure it is. I'm sure it is the. Um, oh, do you know, uh, I'll look out. Red admirals. If they start carrying around knives and and, yeah. small, and small pistols, we know Coming it's getting a face. bit. Yeah. It's getting very. It's getting yeah. very heavy. <laughs> flying in, flying into your face and your beard, and you know, that wouldn't be very mm. polite. Right now we've we've been I've been off a week. Yes. Hope you enjoyed my solo episode, oh, and you had a nice week off. I listened to it. I loved it, and thank you very Did very you? much for doing so. I'm very grateful because yeah, uh, yeah it's lovely right. to hear you wax lyrical about your exotics. My, it makes your garden sound huge. I just want to <laughs> I say know. there's so many things there, and I love but the it, fact that you've got you know you've, you've you've got so many different types of plant there. Well, like the ioniums and the orchids and yeah, the yeah. gingers and the bigmanias, the whole lot is you know there's other stuff that. Just the the mere name of them, it's so it's so exciting. So yeah, it sounds brilliant, really good. But it is only twenty by twenty meters, so it's not big at all. But I do pack a bit, bit, well. Nick would say I pack a bit too much in, especially when I came well, home well, after, not... <laughs> the, after my Hardy Plant Society meeting with another uh, yeah. five gingers. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the the New Year's resolution that you set way back yeah. then, they, it, it's for all working. to hear. It's just gone yeah. out the window, but there we go. I, so. I'm super glad you remembered that. Um, moving on very <laughs> swiftly uh, to just some people to thank. We've obviously got uh, one. We've got one. Buy me a coffee. Buy me a plant, mm. which is very nice. And that is from, I believe it's from Jeff. Yes, Jeff, you're very generous. Long overdue appreciation for a brilliant podcast. Having oh. somehow become an unofficial head gardener. Oh, well, well done. Hope they're Lovely. paying you for that. For a large <laughs> estate and not being a proper horticulturist. Well, you can't become an unofficial head gardener without knowing your way around a spade or a fork. Surely exactly. not, Jeff. Anyway, to listen to two enthusiastic experts. We'll find them at some point. That make it feel like a friendly chat down the pub. I wish I was down the pub. To hear the struggles and triumphs uh, are the same for all. Well, they are. Everyone goes through the same thing. That's the key. Yes. 
It's a truly enjoyable listen. Long may it continue. Well, thank you, Jeff. Oh, that's lovely. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you so yeah. much. And I just want to quickly say James from a couple of weeks ago, who left us no message, actually got in touch with me onto Twitter to say, this is me. I'm James. Sorry, I didn't leave a message. Um, he's been in, down in Devon, actually, for a holiday. So I hope you enjoyed your holiday in Devon, James, and didn't get stuck. Well, I really hope you got home before the flooding. That wouldn't have been very nice on holiday. Right. We have two questions. We love... If you're a listener mm. and you connect with us on social media, please send us questions. A, it gives us something to talk about on this podcast. Because as you've probably <laughs> noticed, we're not always that organised. So having something automatically... It's authentic. Yeah, exactly. We could talk about it. Anyway, Susan's been in touch. Susan's a regular listener. Um, mm. uh, and we enjoy... She's beca- I think she's, a, she's become a professional gardener up north, if I remember it. Um, anyway, she sent us a lovely long message. I'm not going to read it all out. But she was listening to, back to episodes from 2020. Uh, and specifically, episode 70. That must have been back when we were doing three episodes a week. Which I reckon it was, I was during lockdown. That fills me with dread. How were we doing that? It's hard enough doing one episode Because it was days. during lockdown. Yeah, we had that nothing was else it. to do, yeah. I think that was anyway, pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> she says, we were discussing pests uh, and a red spider mite problem. And we were talking about smoke fumigation. So you can get those uh, greenhouse smoke fumigators. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, but she wanted to know what our thoughts were on biological control of predatory, uh, like using predatory mites. Mm. And I sort of answered her a little bit. And I said, the, the one reason I don't use that kind of thing is my greenhouse is too small. And my feeling is, is you have to get a lot of that buildup of predator population. Uh, so you've got to buy a lot of it. And then most of it, if you've got a small greenhouse, tends to just go, <laughs> tends to disappear. Does it tend to... That they're not programmed to stay in a greenhouse. That's not what their programming is. So mm. if you've got a small greenhouse with the door just over there and the window over there, they do tend to just disappear. And a lot of them can't survive outside greenhouses anyway. So once they're outside the greenhouse, they tend to die off. So I, my feeling, and uh, I don't know what yours is, Lucy, that if you've got a small greenhouse, they're probably not as effective as you would like to think they were. Um, anyway, yeah, let me know well, what you think. Well, no... um. So, so for me, biocontrol is not um, an option if you're on a budget. That's the first thing I'd say. But it is a good option if you want to follow organic principles. And um, I know a lot of like organisations that that have got large greenhouses do rely on them heavily. Uh, my parents used to use biocontrols for you know the incarcio formosia for white fly yeah. and yeah. phytocelius persimilis for red spider mites. So we have done that on a commercial scale, and I do think, as you say, maybe for uh, a smaller glass house, it's not quite so straightforward. Um, and also, I I do think with biocontrols, I I know they are organic, and in that sense, it's great. But I think they're quite cruel because they rely on parasitism mm. and uh, some quite um, unpleasant demises for the pests involved. So I, I don't quite know how they sit with me in a kind of karma um, <laughs> sense of things. And also you, you do need to, to have a, um, get the population of the predator or the uh, parasite in place way before the pest population gets too high. And I think that's the crux of it. If mm. you've got a commercial setup and you're spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on tomatoes, for example, and you're monitoring these things yeah. all the time and you've got this really slick setup, great. But for the amateur gardener or the or the, the, the smaller grower, getting those populations right 
is quite hard. You know, they're very sensitive to temperature, to humidity. So if you if you introduce a, a biocontrol and then the, the temperature is not right, that's that it's expensive. It's a basic. I think it's an expensive experiment. In all honesty, um, having said that, I know they work. I've done uh, some college uh, sort of dissertations on biocontrol, and it does work. But it's just getting it to work and having a budget for it to work. So, yeah, and I th- and I think the word biological control t- tends to branch over what is a lot of different species of insects. And mm. like you've already said, they all have very different conditions that require different pest numbers. Some mm. need a lot of pests to parasitize. Some will only eat one or two. So you can't have this sort of catch-all to say biological control. You've actually yeah. got to talk about the separate insects doing separate mm. jobs. Uh, I should just and... also add, Susan, that um, when I... I don't know if you saw in the winter, I on Instagram, I showed you how I got an airline into my greenhouse and cleaned out my small greenhouse with a with a... An airline, and I haven't had any red spider or mealybug or white fly all summer. Now, whether that's the weather, or and it's just happy coincidence, or whether it is because I was really able to clean down very thoroughly my greenhouse, I don't know. But I'm going to be doing that this winter again. Oh, cool! Stick that on your Instagram again. Mm. Um, it was great fun. And, and, and let people know because if it works, you know mm. that's that's what it we seems need stuff to, that works. Seems to be working. Right, thank you, Susan. Now the next one is from Nick. Uh, Nick Joint Jointson, I think it's Nick Jointson. Let me look, let's look at his. Um, oh, he hasn't got anything in his in his bio, so we know nothing about him. But there we go. Nick uh, says he listens to the podcast on Sunday while working at his allotment. So he's got an allotment. So that's great. Everyone should have yeah. an allotment, uh, unless you're I'm, unless you're on a list for four years like I was. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Not the elevator. Saul, I've started growing some banana plants. Yeah. Well done, you. Musa Basju and Bengal Tiger. Uh, Bengal Tiger, I think, will be Sycamensis. So Musa Sycamensis, Bengal Tiger. I'm Mm. growing them in 40-litre pots. That's a good size to start with. They will need bigger pots if you're going to grow them in pots. Uh, But you could put them in the ground um, eventually. They're about two foot foot tall. Now, he is worried about protecting them from the cold. Uh, Do I need to wrap the stems in hessian or straw? He lives in North Wales. Um, shall I take this question, Lucy? I you, don't know. Don't you go for it. Please do. <laughs> um, so Musa Basju, in my experience, even down here in the balmy banana belt, is, <laughs> and I've seen it being grown all over the country, I personally believe Musa Basju is perfectly hardy in most places. Right. Unless you get a minus, I mean, 20, 30, uh, Musa Basju is fine. <laughs> and the other thing with bananas to remember is that they're not woody. I think a lot of people think the top growth... Uh, is woody and therefore it's susceptible to things. It's actually just a bunch of leaves and stems all sort of moulded together into a banana shape. So imagine the leaves on a tree just all mushed together and that's the leaf. Uh, The actual main part of the uh, banana plant is what's growing underground in the pot. It's corm, it's root plate. Uh, That's what you need to protect more than anything, because as long as that gets through the winter, you can lose all the top growth as much as you like and you'll get nice new banana plants coming back every year. So if you're really worried, what you need to do is protect the pot, not the plant. I know where people are coming from, because 20 years ago, when bananas were a very sort of exotic thing that you might see on Gardener's World or at someone's fancy garden, they were making these structures, weren't they, with chicken wire, hay would go in. They would protect the leaves. You know, it looked like you were creating, you know, the Fort Knox of winter protection. 
don't do it. It's a waste of time, in my opinion. Just if you're really worried and it's going to get very cold, and I'm talking very cold, even colder than last year, maybe, just protect the pot and the root plate. And again, just tuck it into the house. If you've got somewhere that just sheltered, do that. Bazju, perfectly hardy. Bengal tiger, not so hardy. Um, Sycamensis, I've been doing a few experiments. Down here, I'm fine, but I have seen some get susceptible to the to the frost. But again, just protect that root plate. So if you want to put some hay uh, or some hessian or protection, just do it around the base of the plant on top of the pot. Uh, maybe give the pot a bit of bubble wrap if you're really worried because that will protect the pot. You don't want that to freeze and you should be fine. And I tell you what, once they get established, they will grow five, six feet in a year. So mm. enjoy. I'm glad to see some more banana growers. I want them to spread all through the country, like my gingers. <laughs> more growing, more growing of exotics. More Devon cream. Exactly. <laughs> Jam uh, first. Jam yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh. thank you for the questions, everyone. Yeah, lovely. lovely. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to know we have listeners. <laughs> it is lovely. Yes, thank you for them. Like you say, I echo saw it's lovely to be sent them and to answer them for you as best we possibly can. We obviously... We do enjoy doing that and helping you out as much as we can. So any question, whether it be about careers or plants or anything, to do, as long as it's to do with gardening, not pensions or relationships, we're okay to answer them. <laughs> yeah. Although I, pensions, I'm talking, no, we, let's not get into that. <laughs> oh God, we haven't got long enough. <laughs> like get that stage of life where those things are more important. Anyway, yeah. um, we have yeah. some news, Lucy, don't we? We have news. Yeah, yeah we do. Yes. And I'm going to try not to get too emotion yes. about it yeah. um and my heart's been thumping to tell everybody because i'm not really looking forward to it but i will because i'm i'd like to be honest and authentic about it but uh yeah um as of the end of october all the staff at east donnellan hall are going to be no longer employed by east donnellan hall uh which is very sad it is very sad and i did but i found out just before the uh audley end show so luckily i had the show garden to completely focus my attention on something entirely yeah. different and then very kindly saw stepped in last week because i had to uh do a bit of a jiggery pokery with my with my career plan because um yeah there we go so yeah east on the hall i will not be at the helm after the end of october and it's 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 a bit of a blow and we didn't really see it coming um I don't think. No, we well, we didn't. In all honesty, we didn't. We thought the garden would hopefully tickle along and maybe some new buyers would come along and, and want a nice gardening team. But that's not to be. And that's life, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, so it's very sad. And it's made me view the hall differently in the last few weeks and thought I'd be very sentimental about it. So I'm enjoying looking back at all the nice times. And I will do a, a special episode about the hall in the next few weeks because I'd love to do that give it some kind of like tribute because it's been a massive part of my life for the last nine years and it's maybe you know such a better gardener because of the whole um time yeah, there so yeah so yeah so that's that and then simultaneously Saul knows all this before because poor chap had to take a phone call from me <laughs> um so I think we'd said to you before that our um radio work our BBC Essex and BBC Devon radio work stopped yeah. in September so that's uh, another regular income gone and then very very sadly uh last week it was announced and it's now in the general um sphere of knowledge that amateur gardening magazine who i used to write for every week has suddenly very sadly had to cease trading um so it's been going for over 130 years and it's yeah. massively sad to see it go it's just not viable commercially and it's a sign of the times and it's you know very sad so 
um, in essence, I had three of my main incomes, my main regular incomes, stop just like that. And uh, oof, yes, to yeah, say hard I, blow. Yeah. <laughs> it was t- difficult because I think when you're like me and you are um, freelancing in various different spheres, you tend to have a finger in various pies because you want to protect yourself from such blows, and it hasn't happened. And uh, it's it's the yin and yang of uh, the the high of the show garden. Uh, yes. awards and then suddenly boom back down to earth don't take yourself too seriously girl because um life's come along to give you a bit of a a jolt and uh there we go so anyhow that's that i'm very sad about it but onwards and upwards and i have yeah. been very proactive because i have a mortgage to pay in sourcing some extra work <laughs> and honestly thank you i have been in touch with some people and um i'm very grateful to them for reassuring me and bolstering me at a time when everything's a bit rubbish so that's right and today one of the conversations I had came to fruition which is gardening for a local garden a local art gallery um had a brilliant four hours this morning back in the waterproofs the waterproof jacket the the, the, the boots just doing what I love just gardening and weeding and creating um a really nice uh brick edged pathway and a border that had sort of gone to um, gone to the wilds a little bit, reclaiming it, and it was thoroughly enjoyable four hours. So I really did appreciate Good. doing something that actually is constructive, and is going to you know be an ongoing job, and it just felt nice. So yeah, life throws us curveballs, doesn't it? And um, yeah, I, I, I think you know just thinking of the way we started this podcast to talk about our professional lives and how things happen. It's not we we've tried to give you warts and all on this podcast as we've gone mm. through for three years, and this is uh, this is a big wart. Obviously, this is a big wart. three big <laughs> big three warts you're having to deal. Oh with. my god! Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, we're just trying to be upfront that you know the podcast may have to just evolve slightly. We've still got Lucy's garden at home to talk about and the veg and things. I need a rebrand, Saul. That's for, that's for us. <laughs> Head gardener LC needs to rebrand. I think that's something. But that's what happens in life. And hopefully over the next three, four, five months, we'll see. We'll have things to talk about as um, you pick up different types of work and new work. And um, I think lots of our listeners will be able to empathise with what's yeah. what's what's occurring, you know, in this world of um, of where work has changes all the time and yeah. things are economically difficult let's just say that in in certain spheres of the in the world you know that's that's the way it is but um yeah, yeah. can't help but feel sorry that the trip that is a a bit of a triple whammy i think if you were dealing with one of those things that's fine but the triple whammy of all three things happening and you know and not just for you obviously also amateur gardening magazine and the radio there's yeah. a lot of people involved and i will mm-hmm. say gardening is being squeezed a lot um in all directions we've noticed this for i think well ever since we've been doing this podcast but even before that gardening is having a sort of especially when it comes to the media side and maybe bits and pieces like that is being squeezed in different directions and we're having to respond to that kind of stuff you know we're very lucky we've got a very good podcast that we can keep doing stuff on but trying to learn where we're going to go next with our creative and garden energies has um has been a challenge but we have we have irons in the fire which we have yeah, talked we about so um as the months go by i'm sure some of you will notice new new schemes that we're up to and hopefully um 
they'll come to good fruition and we'll be able to meet more gardeners through them so silver lining and all that well you know that is me you know i don't i do love a silver lining and that i'm hoping that will get me through um this and i have already i do feel a lot better a lot better in this past week now before um now it's settled with me i think i did have to have a little bit of time to settle and make some calls and, and speak to some people and actually some, there are some exciting things on the horizon potentially I, I won't talk about them yet only because at the same time it's courteous not to because they're with new employers and so I don't know if they're happy for me to talk about it loads so I'm going to just see how things pan out but um yeah if any of you are out there and you've suddenly felt like you're you've been dropped in a in something and you need to um have someone to sound out ideas with honestly give me a shout because uh I've been there now. I've done it, and uh, I've, I'm, I'm already coming through the other side. So, um, yeah, if you, if you feel a bit forlorn for whatever situation that's, that's come along in your career, just sound me out. Uh, I, if, if I can only empathise with you, that's one thing. But if I can give you some advice that's constructive and helpful and gets you out of a pickle, then I would be really, I'm really happy to do that. So, and do you know what? I thank goodness I've taken on things like. That show garden was such a fantastic thing to do. Really did enjoy it. And I knew that was because the hall was was what we, th- you know, we thought it was ticking over and there it might not be um, the job it was before. And now we're, we're realising that it's not the job it was before. So um, <laughs> onwards and upwards, onwards and upwards. So that's all you can say. The excitement of the future is uh, is there. And, uh, you know, I'm going to add, uh, we had a little bit of a disappointment last week. Um not many people know this, but well, actually, everyone knows this. My ambition is to have a nursery one day. Um, I love my plants, as you know, mm. uh, and I really would like to have a nursery where I could grow plants, sell them to people, and talk talk people's ears off about them. And one came up for auction last week, um, which we were quite excited about because it was actually on the low end of the budget spectrum. So we thought we had a decent chance. Uh, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's why it went. So it was on for thirty thousand um, on this auction, and within about five seconds, it went up to one hundred thirty-five thousand. So all I can say is that we didn't get it. Uh, but the disappointment for me comes with the fact that I don't think whoever bought it was going to run it as a nursery. Let's just yeah. say de- developers got in, and uh, that's disappointing because there's a lot mm. of us out there who would like a piece of land to do, you know, none house building things on and unfortunately in the uk if you're an international listener the uk land is all priced at the moment to do with building houses and development yeah. and uh, trying to get small holdings nurseries you know uh, small businesses off the ground is almost impossible these days so and don't give up please don't give up i'm not because i know I'm not going i know to. how much this means to you and i think yeah. you'd be fantastic at it yeah. And I think it was hats off to you for even having a go at it and just keep yeah. just that was just the, the first toe in the water. Yeah. There's lots. Absolutely. You've got you've got nine more toes. There's a lot of water to put to, out there. So honestly, please don't now. give up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. That was a terrible fun. But um, yeah, yeah, honestly, please keep on going with that. Like just yeah. persist. And um, yeah, you'll, we'll, I know you'll we'll get there and I'll be very we'll happy when you do. Yeah. yeah, we'll find a way. But, uh, you know, that's real life. Yeah. As we come to the end of this uh, episode, you know, we have to deal with uh, things. But the great thing is we're still gardeners. And if there's one thing that brings us both joy every day, it's gardening. So get out there and garden and we'll see you again soon. That brings us to the end of today's episode. 
We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. If you'd like to contact myself or Saul, we're free to chat on our social media platforms. I'm on Instagram at headgardenerlc and you can find Saul on Twitter at GardeningSaul. Any review you'd like to leave us via your podcast provider would be gratefully received. Long summer days are the high point of any gardener's life, as we'll spend all the hours of the day enjoying our outside spaces and the plants that bring us so much joy. Gardening at this time of year is such a great pleasure, and we hope to keep sharing this all summer long. And so, until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! Goodbye!